Pod Doctors is brought to you by the Kindle book, Saving Limbs, Saving Lives, Advanced Treatments to Prevent Amputations in Diabetic Populations. This book by Dr. Damien Dauphiné discusses specific patient cases in diabetic limb preservation, which highlight the modern use of wound care technology that has exploded in the last 20 years. With only one advanced therapy available in 1999, there are now hundreds of options to help close chronic wounds in diabetic patients. Dr. Dauphiné distills these options down to show patients and physicians treating these patients how combinations of these products can be used to save limbs and save lives. Welcome to The Pod Doctors. I'm Dr. Damien Dauphiné, board-certified foot and ankle surgeon, my partner, Dr. Rafa Hussein, fellowship-trained podiatric surgeon, and we are The Pod Doctors. Each week, The Pod Doctors will be discussing aspects of podiatric medicine and surgery to educate our audience on common foot and ankle problems and the latest treatment options available. We hope to bring you interesting and informative shows each week discussing Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and YouTube where you can view our videos. So please like and subscribe, and we will see you next time on The Pod Doctors. Welcome to The Pod Doctors. I'm Dr. Damien Dauphiné, and I'm here with my partner, Dr. Rafi Hussein. And we are going to talk about ankle arthroscopy or ankle scopes, much the same as knee and hip and shoulder uh, arthroscopy, um, probably an underutilized uh, technique. Oh, very. I honestly think that uh, we should be doing 10 times as much. It's just something that uh, we, we see ankle problems, we see uh, synovitis, we see these aches and pains, and I feel like we're doing conservative therapy, steroid shots and all that. And we're worried about the next step, you know, doing big surgery, but that medial ground, that middle ground, that ankle scope, super underutilized. Yeah, I think we can find things that you're not going to see with MR yeah. and uh, or, or magnetic resonance imaging MRIs. And, and those can lead you down a different path sometimes. Uh, simply just flushing out the joint, yeah. which we'll talk about, it can be enough to really help a lot of folks. Yeah, there's a couple of studies out that showed that simply just irrigating the joint out Real simple, no fancy, no going in, no chopping away, no cleaning up. Just washing out that ankle joint has a 70% success rate. Yeah. It's so simple. I mean, honestly, you're washing out all those inflammatory markers and all the, you know, everything that's causing those aches and pains, taking all that that bad snowga fluid out of there and putting in nice, healthy uh, joint fluid and hopefully presto change a brand new joint. So ankle pain. We've talked about this previously. Today, we're going to be talking about anterior ankle pain. Anterior synovitis is usually that impingement type of syndrome. Typically, patients will relate walking around and feeling a sharp pinch, and they got to shake it off, and then they'll be flamed, inflamed, and angry for a couple of days. They have that that uh, that deep ankle pain, but nothing you know seems to fix it. You know, and they'll have those sharp pains every so often. So you can see your big picture in the middle, those little fingers of looks, looks almost like kelp or seaweed. Yeah, a little villi kind of mm-hmm. uh, pushing through there. And those get pinched. They're full of nerve endings. They're full yeah. of blood vessels. And, and that's a source of pain, clearly. So when that stuff gets overgrown in the joint, it's usually a result of some sort of injury. A lot of times uh, lateral ankle sprains. Yeah. Something as simple as that, and then just know, maybe a, months or years later, it's it's built up enough that it starts causing problems. But in your upper left hand picture, you can see 
it's kind of getting sucked in there. It's getting yeah. tucked between the tibia and the talus. Yeah, this is the tibia right here. This is the talus, and mm -hmm. it's literally getting pulled in. And this is after it's been cleaned out much. But um, you can tell, I, I tell patients this, nice, healthy synovium will be like a nice rug, right? Nice and clean. It'll have that uh, nice, flat, uh, superficial surface. And then angry synovium, those villi are like a shag rug. So when you're walking, it's pinching those spots off, and then that's when they'll have that deep ankle pain. Mm -hmm. uh, walking all day, it's, it's moving that joint fluid everywhere, and then that sharp pain whenever they, they bring that ankle just high enough, and it pinches that tissue off. And, uh, and they'll notice it, yeah. And, and then you've got cytokines, inflammatory yeah. cytokines, which are little uh, chemical components of inflammation that are in the joint, just causing the synovial lining to get even more irritated. It's kind of a feedback loop. Yeah. And again, like you said, just flushing the joint out with saline is enough to calm a lot of these down. You flush the joint out with saline and shave away all that Overgrown synovium, yep. that's a that can make a big difference. Yeah, according to the uh, the AOFAS, simple cleaning up of the joint has a ninety plus success rate. That's and, awesome. I mean, uh, and I think that's what we see with arthroscopy, and so I, I think we're big proponents. So, what is synovitis? What what's happening? We talked about this, you know, just uh, real simple: the tibia and the talus. You're walking. Sometimes you'll get a little spurring on the front, and that synovium will come through and pinch off right? We're going to go in, we're going to clean that up. I mean, it's as straightforward as it gets. We don't really do too much diagnostic stuff uh, uh, aside from, you know, uh, steroid shots, x-rays and whatnot. Most times you're not getting MRIs on these unless we're really concerned about like an osteochondral defect or, mm -hmm. you know, like uh, anything severe going on. But here, this is a good MRI of what it looks like. You see that inflammation, that white on the front, that's the fluid pocketing everything. And that synovium, that soft tissue getting pinched off by those, uh, that anterior gutter uh, on the front of that ankle. You know, not a lot of times you're also going to see joint mice, which yeah. are just little cartilaginous pieces that are floating around in the joint. They get ossified. Yeah, the chondrocalcinosis. Mm -hmm. They literally are flecks of cartilage that have been shaved off, injured, or whatever, and they just kind of float through there. They calcify. They'll typically fall towards the gutters, but sometimes they'll stay in the front. Sometimes they'll attach to the tissue. Sometimes we'll see them in the back of the ankle, and there'll be points of uh, impingement. Um, and, and they just grind away at things. <laughs> yeah, honestly. I mean, if you think about where where that thing can end up, it could end up just grinding away It's more gravel in your joint. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing we'll see is fibrous bands, which are our little crisscrossing bands of scar tissue that yeah. sometimes will literally come across the tailored dome, like one part of the tailored dome and start rubbing away cartilage. Yeah. They can snap. Some people feel them inside the joint. They're like, yeah, every time I do this certain maneuver, this, I get this This, this one twist, I can feel it. Or whenever yeah. I'm walking on incline, I can feel that snap. So you can get rid of all that stuff pretty easily with arthroscopy. So portal placement. So this is pretty important. This is honestly probably the most important part of ankle arthroscopy. The rest of it, like I said, you can even wash that place, that joint out, and you're going to have great success. So your anterior medial portal, that is the most important. Typically, what I'll do is I'll put my ankle through range of motion. I'll put my thumb on that medial gutter, and I'll feel where the gutter and the, the front of the tibia and the talus kind of meet. About, about a centimeter down, half a centimeter down, I'll put a little mark because that's where I want to do my placement. You don't want to start high because then you're the dome of the talus, you know, you're finding the opposite direction. You want to start just a little bit lower and then you'll come across. Also, I'm feeling for the medial side of the tibialis anterior tendon. That's that tendon that comes up on the front of the ankle, that one that bow strings most of the time. So we're coming right to the medial edge of that. If you go more medial, you're going to end up, you know, violating that uh, uh, great saphenous vein and you don't want to, you know, cause problems with that. 
And then after we do our portal, we place our scope all the way across. This is the way I typically do it. I'll bring my scope all the way across. I'll tent it and you know, you can see the light shining through it. And then I'll do a small stab incision that makes sure that you know I'm not going to catch any of those uh, superficial peroneal nerve mm -hmm. or the um, peroneus tertius tendon. Right. So that's why that, that central portal isn't very useful and yeah. it's probably going to cause more trouble than it's worth. Yeah, you're at risk of violating uh, the tendon, one, obviously, but two, more importantly, the neurovascular structure. You're literally just like, I mean, a couple millimeters away from it. Yeah, it's, just, it's not worth it in my estimation. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then if you want to do lateral, I mean lateral, if you want to do posterior ankle, I've done it a couple times. I've done it in training. I've done it here and there. Honestly, I prefer to do these open. Most of the time we're doing posterior ankle for, you know, those ostrigonum syndromes or shepherd's mm -hmm. fractures. There's the small fracture off of this back talus lateral prominence. What ends up happening, you know, you get that posterior impingement. It's that nutcracker syndrome when, when you know, ballet dancers go on point and they get that little small uh, stress fracture or fracture and you're... You're pinching that portion of bone off, and, and you can have an outcropping that's that's irritating the flexor lucis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we'll go in. I mean, you can do it arthroscopically. You're, I typically go medial and lateral. When I did this, I do these open now. But when I did this, I go medial lateral to the tendon, the extent um, Achilles tendon, and very straightforward. The hard part about that is you're 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 working through these small incisions and you're dissecting these things out. Where it'll take you maybe half an hour, forty five minutes to do this. If I did this open, 15, 20 minutes, I mean, honestly, yeah. in and out, lateral incision about three to four centimeters, and uh, it's like recovery is the to, same. It's like trying to scope the gray toe joint. Like, you can do <laughs> it, but, you know, does it, is it worth it? Does, yeah. it? does it make sense? Yeah. Probably not. Yeah, it's, the fiddle factor is pretty high. So here's kind of what I was talking about. Small incision. I put my, my cannula and trocar in, take the, uh, you know, the trocar out, put my scope in. Push it towards the lateral side. See Trend. that little pucker, yep. and then small incision, and put my my um, shaver, burr, rasp, whatever you want to use, and then you know uh, distractor. Some people are fans, some people aren't. I you know, I'm a big fan of the distractor. I bless you. Yeah, the, I'm a big fan of the distractor. It helps out with surgery. Um, I typically use a distractor like this. Um, I think you use this style, right? The the body style. Well, with a simply with a curlix roll. I mean, I've I've gone basics, man. Yeah. I never have to worry about a facility that I happen to be operating in that day not having what I need because yeah. everybody's got curlix. That's happened to me. I've literally yeah. had a case where they had everything, but they were missing the clamp point for mm -hmm. uh, that rod that you used to distract. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm like, all right. And I, I had to do the body tie. I used this band, and then I did, had them do curlex around my waist, and it's kind of to that. It's, just, it's, called, it's called the skiers wrap. It's a pretty quick little technique, and they tie tie me up into it, and you can just lean back and get your distraction that yeah. way. You don't need Force a lot grade. of pressure. They no. say thirty to forty pounds. So honestly, you don't need that much. Right. I mean, just enough to move that ankle joint around and just distract it. You I hate to say this, but in residency, we. We had one of our ortho guys wanted. He liked to use femoral distractors, and and that's literally drilling a, a hole yeah. into the tibia, All the a hole across. into the calcaneus, and then using a, a device that cranks them apart. You could get the ankle distracted significantly, but. God knows what you were doing to the soft tissues. There's a couple. I mean, that's, that's you can get all the way to the back of the ankle joint. I mean, it was beautiful, yeah. but I always worried 
man, I wonder what we're doing to these nerves. There's a couple of papers I was reading recently um, where distractors, when you do more than 30 to 40 pounds, and that's when they say 30 pounds mm-hmm. is pretty much where you want to stop, uh, that you can get, if it's more than 30 pounds for more than an hour, there's a high incidence of neuropraxia I believe it. of the yeah. superficial peroneal nerve. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't like traction. <laughs> that's your traction so Don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so simple, simple, distract stuff. it. Honestly, the biggest thing is you're using a straight scope, you know, a hard metal rod, and you're working over a curved surface. The purpose of the distractor is to give you a little bit of wiggle room so you can see that front one third. And honestly, the most important thing is when you're in there, you're using your body to move that up and down. I mean, you're literally, you know, you're using your body to move that up and down, or you're having your assistant, you know, like, hey, plantar flex that ankle as much as you can for me, and I'll, you know, get as much, you know, whatever I can mm-hmm. on the back of that talus. Here's one of Dr. D's uh, scope videos. I'm going to jump ahead because I know that, you know. Yeah, we, that. we did this one about six weeks ago. Patient's doing really well. There we go. Classic example of just anterior lateral chronic joint pain that didn't respond to conservative measures. MRI showed there wasn't any osteochondral defect. There wasn't any major uh, micro fracture required for any of this. It was just synovitis from yeah. my estimation. I get in there and I'm like, yep. Pretty much what's going on. Yeah, so Dr. D is trying to get that cannula through. So you'll see, hopefully, that pucker out. Pucking through the obturator. There, there we it go. Is. So, that, so now we've got our, our portal in the, uh, that's, I'm sure that's the anterior lateral, right? Yeah. Yep. So I don't know if you guys noticed this. Dr. D didn't start shaving up until he saw the shaver head facing yeah. towards him. When you see that shaver head, then you know you're safe. You see exactly what you're doing. We're not trying to go in there blindly, sweep across there, and you know knock out everything. We're trying to slowly, in controlled manner, uh, clean up that synovial tissue, that uh, all that fraying tissue. And the nice thing about these shavers are the way this works is the scope, the camera, and the light source are pushing fluid in, and mm. you use gravity, you use a pump. gravity, gravity. gravity. Mm. Yeah, you put you know that three thousand bag up top, mm. nice and high, and you let that gravity just slowly push that fluid in just a little bit. That you're getting that pucker of that tissue pushing outwards. You don't need to really blow it up too much, and then the shaver is actually pulling fluid in. So it's pulling that fluid in, and, and Dr. D... With all the debris. Yeah, yeah with the debris and all mm-hmm. that. Whatnot. And you'll, you'll do a dance, right, and, uh, about uh, how you want to... You can see right now. So if I've got too much suction, it pulls in the joint capsule around it, and I can't see. So you've got a, a dance between your inflow and your outflow. But once you get it set up, then, then you can see exactly what you need to see. Yeah. And what we're seeing right now is that the tibia and the talus, the cartilaginous surfaces, look really nice. So there's there's really nothing going on there. So this is the talus right here. This is the tibia. Right. This is the fibula back here. You can't really see it too much. So we got we got some good pictures of that, and we did our joint survey. So you made that we'll pocket on that it. front of that anterior lateral portal, mm-hmm. and now you're going to work laterally. I'm assuming that's typically what I do. Get, go anterior and then work my own in a circle. We're trying to take a little peek into the lateral gutter and just make sure we haven't left any. Fibrocartilaginous, uh, cartilaginous, uh, osteocartilaginous um, fragments like oste- joint mice. Cleaning out any fibrous tissue. You can sometimes use a grabber and pull out some stuff. Yeah. Reciprocating um, shaver works great. Yeah, that's pretty much what I'm using like 80, 90% of the procedure. So I'm distracting right now using the, the Curlex roll to really pull that, that joint apart so a little bit. He's peeking into the lateral gutter. Yep. I'm going to jump ahead because now we're just looking at stuff. And then, you know, at some point we're going to flip flop the portals and come in be able to see the medial gutter a little bit better. So I'm pretty happy with the way that looks. Now we're going to pull it out, flip-flop the portals. So 
one thing, whenever you go into these portals, you know, obviously now the fluid's gone and that blood will start trickling back in. Uh, use epinephrine, I'm guessing. Yeah, we're using uh, marking with epinephrine to marking, limit yeah. the bleeding in the joint because obviously a hemarthrosis is hard to see through. So yeah. these, uh, uh, I don't know why. I don't know. If you remember the old James Bond films and whatnot where they, he comes out and he's like, da-da, da-da, and he shoots you and you see the <laughs> blood kind of, and you tip away. That's what this reminds me of so much. Yeah, absolutely. So that epinephrine, what that's doing is it's vasoconstricting. It's causing that bleeding to be at minimum. Right. Um, I typically use like a half saline, half a lighter, would that be? Uh, use marking, would that be? I mean, mm-hmm. it does make a difference, honestly. The purpose being so you don't get too much bleeding through and so it makes your surgery a lot easier. We're firing up the, the saline flow. Now you can see. So now you can see that there's some injected synovial lining. There's yeah. the, the little fibrils, these little tendrils of uh, synovial lining that are that are problematic, so we're going to try to shave all that stuff out. And you've got you've got an area of cartilage cartilage that's been kind of broken down, scuffed, and is yeah. frayed over here that you couldn't see from the other view. So that's one of the reasons, obviously, to flip flop is you want to be able to see the entire. You can see how that that tissue can peek into that joint and just get pinched off and be yeah. super tender. So we're going to try to just clean that whole gutter up. Now you can see, look, you're taking really that. clean that up nicely. Yeah, taking down that frayed cartilage, just kind of cleaning that up a little bit and none of this looked like it was you know full thickness separation yeah, yeah there's no, no reason drilling to micro fracture yeah. yeah yeah so dr d is talking about if there's significant cartilage loss sometimes it'll be shaved away and it'll, you know that joint mouse will be kind of floating around or it'll be still attached and you kind of get in there and you can see it flapping around and we'll clean that up after that you'll go through and micro drill or micro fracture uh, the goal being now that that bleeding will come through, you'll get fibrous cartilage build up there. I mean, you can use fancy paste and stem cells and all that fun stuff, but yeah. the baseline therapy is just drilling through so you can get uh, some sort of fibrous uh, cartilaginous base coming through. So in this case, we didn't need to do anything no. like that. It was, this this was all looks, just anterior yeah. synovitis. So this patient's about six weeks out. They're doing great. They're really pleased with it. They're, they were virtually pain-free after about five days. Wow. So, they so this is the medial gutter, Dr. D, you can... Uh, That's kind of in, intermedial yeah. dorsal kinda aspect s- still. So this is still talus on the left, tibia on the right. Yeah. And... Um, kind of make out that deltoid ligament. Yeah, I'm trying to really see the anterior aspect of the of the cartilaginous surface of the tailor dome, just to make sure I'm not leaving anything. So we're almost done here. We don't jack around with this too much but look the cur- services look good i mean I'm, I'm distracting now and really getting into that medial gutter taking your final pictures yeah just getting some good good final Man, stills look at that camera yep so honestly look it took 15 minutes for dr d uh i couldn't imagine you're doing too much more after this yeah that's no, it that's pretty much it so recovery what are you what are you doing typically for recovery boot brace i like a, a cam boot a, f- a full-length cam boot for about 10 days. Yeah. We get the stitches out and then get them right into physical therapy. Yeah. I do the same about two to three weeks. I'll keep them in the boot Uh, stitches. I'm doing one or two small stitches. I mean, honestly, sometimes I'm like, maybe I should just put a stereo strip on this because these incisions are are so small and uh, the recovery is like this. I mean, honestly, uh, active range of motion after surgery, I'm telling them just, just pump that ankle as much as you can up until, you know, two, three weeks out and then maybe some PT. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great, I think underutilized technique for, Lingering ankle pain, for sure. Yeah. Um, have you seen those uh, those new in-office scopes? So, yes, for just doing a diagnostic quick little look. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think it's, it's 
honestly going to be a new wave, honestly, because, you know, we're doing x-rays, we're doing ultrasounds, we're doing MRIs, CTs, etc. But to physically see what's going on on the inside, a small stab incision, you, you know, numb up the, the ankle, small stab incision, and you go in with these little plastic scopes that you can kind of sweep through, see exactly what's going on, and, you know, determine if it's just synovitis, if there's an osteochondral lesion, if there's more, you know, the, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it might be. It's, uh, I don't know, I think it's a game changer, and hopefully, you know, FDA approves it. Yeah. yeah, I think they could be they could be really helpful. Yeah. You're not going to be able to do the, the therapeutic aspect. No, no, no. It, this is just visualization. Yeah, get in there and take a peek. Well, thank you, Doctor Hussein, for setting up the uh, slides for our ankle arthroscopy podcast. And if you guys have any questions, uh, if you want to hear more about ankle arthroscopy or ankle surgery, let us know, and we will fire up another episode for you. And we will see you next time on the Pod Doctors. Thank you for listening to The Pod Doctors. We appreciate all of our listeners and subscribers. If you'd like to hear more, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and watch our videos on YouTube. Like, thumbs up, subscribe, and be safe. See you all next time. Bye-bye.